So we're recording. All right. Just like that. It's perfect. Perfect. Hi, Tabitha, Reese. Hi, Mom. <laughs> so got to give my shout outs. David McNeely, how you doing? I've been, I'm doing really well. Doing really well. Yeah. What's new? It's been a while since you've been on. I don't even remember what episode that was. That was a while ago. It was May of 22. So it's been over about a year and a half. Wow. Um, That's so crazy. So lots of things. Uh, I retired from football. Wow. From playing football. Um, I didn't play this year. and But I got recruited to be the head football coach for DeWitt 8th grade football team. Oh, very cool. So we're in the middle. Uh, we got two more games left. So that's where I get, I get the bookie to practice after this. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, so we, actually this uh, kind of, I was super proud of those boys this last Wednesday. One of my themes for the year was coming, coming into the year was overcoming adversity. Oh, cool. Because eighth grade's full of, of, of challenges. And I'm like, what's, what's one thing that we could focus on? And so I was I'm really like their mindset is really important. Like get, make sure that we have the right mindset in situations. So one of the things I've been preaching on is, is, uh, um, overcoming adversity. Well, this last week we were playing Holt and a halftime score was 24 to six bad guys Oof. Holt. And, uh, but we ended up winning 38, 30 in the last minute of the game. Wow. Um, so they just, you know, they kept their poise. I was very proud of them. Very proud of them. So that was a lot of fun. Um, this week we have, uh, um, Waverly coming up. That's going to be a tough one. Very tough one. So, um, but I think they're motivated because they lost to him last year. So, and it was their only loss last year. So this year we'll see what happens, but, um, that's cool. So have you noticed a difference in, uh, since you started teaching the mindset, like having, uh, overcoming adversity, have you noticed a change in the way they perform and the way their mindset is during games? I think so. Uh, if granted the, our first practice to start the season was the second time I had ever met 98% of those boys. So I, I had no experience with them last year. Um, I had only heard stories from, from some things last year. And so I, you know, but my experience from, from beginning to end, um, I think there's, there's been some, they've, they've grown in that. Uh, and part of that is, I think it's, um, you know, uh, um, there's a there's a line in um, Remember the Titans, the movie Remember the Titans, where he says attitude reflects leadership, captain. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really f- feel like that's important. So it's, you know, as long as I and the staff, we don't, we stay calm, stay focused. Um, I think they'll, I think they, they the, you know, they'll be fine. And that's what happened. Like they, the, the score at halftime really didn't reflect really what was going on in the game. It was kind of a couple of, they got they got a couple of big plays on us. Um, one of them was an onside recovery, which is a complete you know changes the thing. Um, but we just went over to halftime, and, and they were running up the middle on us a little bit, and, you know. So at halftime, I basically said, "Hey guys, it's this drill. They're just winning this drill that we do every night in practice, and as long as we win this the second half, we'll be fine." And they did something. Some the flip the switch flipped, and they went out and just dominated the rest of the game. Holt scored six points. We scored 32. Wow. So that's wild. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was a very in, uh, competitive and interesting game coming down the stretch. I think it's really cool for young people to, especially young men to have a positive influence and somebody who's willing to tell them or teach them how to have the right kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's extremely important for a young person to have the, that guidance. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm sure for those young men, it's, significant right um 
there's uh, where did I learn this from? I forget where I learned this from, but I learned this about six, seven years ago, maybe eight. Every result comes from an action. Every action comes from an emotion. Every emotion comes from a thought. And if you want to change your results, you got to go to the beginning of that process to the thoughts. Well, for me growing up and for most people, everybody tries to change the action. And that's good, but the action doesn't change unless the thought changes. And sometimes people are naturally, you know, they naturally fix the thought or whatever is going on behind mm-hmm. that. But as a mentor, if you're in any sort of leadership or, or mentorship, you've got to get to the thought. Like that's the ba- that's the most effective and productive way to get a different result. Right. And so mindset, that's why I chose kind of mindset as like, here's what we're going to focus on. Um, and so, you know, mindset, I think, you know, what are the thoughts that you're having here? Um, you know, for a linebacker that's supposed to aggressively attack on the run and my linebackers aren't, you know, what do you do? You, well, you go to the linebackers like, hey, this is the thought you need to have. As soon as you see this, you've got to have this thought of go attack. I see this, I go. Right. Um, and that's, you know, that, that you know, just starting at the thought brings about the different result. So I think that's a powerful thing to, you know, even just in our world, we don't, we often just overlook what our thoughts and emotions have to have the influence that has on our results, you know? So go attack those and everything else will take care of itself. Right. And then you can apply that to everything in life. Correct. I mean, they, they don't have to just apply it to the field. They they apply it to school and Mm -hmm. their families, their relationships, literally everything. Right. Yeah. Relationships is a good one. If you're struggling in your marriage, like what's the thought I need to change? You know, sometimes it's like, well, I'm, I, I just don't like this person. Well, why? Okay. What's the thought? What, what are you thinking about this person all the time that, <laughs> how that, can you change that? Uh, oh, he leaves the toothpaste, uh, you know, uh, on the counter every time. Okay. Well, so that's the thought. How do we fix that thought? How do we help him help you fix that thought? <laughs> it's always him, <laughs> but yes, it applies in, in, in every situation in life. I feel. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, do you see yourself doing that, uh, doing this uh, continuously, or just giving um, it a one season try? Right now, it's a one year rental, okay, uh, so to speak. <laughs> uh, there were some situations I think that uh, you know kind of came about with this team, and um, uh, um, at the time, I don't. There wasn't anybody that was wanting to jump into the head spot, um, and uh, I know one of the people that are that are. I know a couple of people on the board that were like, "Oh, you know, let's see if." You know, an outside guy wants to take it. I know the guy that, you know, would be interested. Somebody has to be passionate about football, doesn't mind doing it for free, and would work well with young people. And um, so apparently he thought of me and thought I'd be good at all that. So Very cool. We got it, two more weeks to find out if that's true or not. <laughs> what what kind of impact has it had on you? Um, man, that's a great question. It has, um, uh, it has given me a lot of, uh, what I would say, hope for the future. A lot of people... You know, I don't know if you remember if you're, I think you're a millennial too. Mm-hmm. Like if you rewind 10, 12, 15 years, like everybody was down on the millennials. All oh, the millennials, oh, this, yeah. all the millennials, this, all the, you know, everybody's terrible. And, it, you know, I think everybody, you know, the older generations always think that about younger generations, but, um, these kids, um, are smarter than I was at and wiser even than I was at eighth grade. And part of that is technology. And we think of technology often for young people as a detriment, but mm-hmm. I think there's some positives to it as well. And, you know, I just, I, I see a, a lot of understanding of the world in these kids that I, I didn't have till twenties or thirties. Right. Um, that these kids have a decent grasp on in eighth grade. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, um, it gives me a lot of hope. It's given me a lot of joy to just be involved in the community, to, to, to work with these young people and, um, you know, see, see what they, what they can do. And I, and I hope that they take away from me the, uh, the, in, an inspiration to be able to know that I can do anything I choose to put my mind to. That's um, important. Right. That's so important for anybody, anybody listening. Like if there's something you want to do, you just got to try just right. take the one step forward. Re- maybe do some research. You literally have the power of like the world at, at your hand. Right. You can learn anything. It's, it's, it's amazing. And I wish we were like the amount of entrepreneurship, um, thought leadership books information that's out there is, is astounding. Mm-hmm. Um, like you could literally pick up, well, even just to be a handyman, like I'm remodeling some of the stuff in my house right now. Like, yep. well, if I don't know what to do, uh, we're YouTube, YouTube <laughs> right? Yeah. I can't tell you how to like, Oh, okay. That's how you do that. Boom. Right. Done. Right. Um, whereas even 10 years ago, I probably couldn't even do that. Right. Um, that's how I learned how to do a podcast. Yeah. It was just, researching like how does joe rogan do it how does this person do it how does that person do it oh i like the way they did it. i'm gonna apply that yeah if you ever become <laughs> joe rogan don't forget your roots never will <laughs> but uh no it um uh yeah you can you can do anything you put your mind to be and that's never been more true i think uh i think the world uh puts a, too much negativity out there yeah uh, especially the media the media thrives on negativity yeah you have to hate the other party you have to hate know these people or you know not like those or it's just so much negativity Um, there definitely is but i almost feel like we're we're entering the stage where people are wanting some sort of unity amongst mm -hmm. each other like i went to um uh j or rfk's uh rally yesterday Mm -hmm. and that's one thing that he talked a lot about was like people are tired people are tired of like the divisiveness because that was one thing that biden was supposed to be he was supposed to be that one president that Mm -hmm. was going to unite everybody Let's admit it. Like we're not united as a country whatsoever right now. Well, I think it's, I agree that that's what people are hungry for. I don't think the parties are ever going to allow that to happen. No, absolutely not. I mean, cause it's, it's so entrenched into this, um, dog eat dog world, but it's not just that it's also like amongst the, like the, the common, like middle class, mm-hmm. um, we're on strike right now. And that's one thing that the UAW president, Sean Fain is talking a lot about is uniting and we're all united together right now on strike and in for a fight for a better, a better living a better wage, better way of life. And that's one thing a lot of people are tired of. They're tired of the corporate, the corporate greed, the, the people taking advantage of us, uh, polit- politicians, CEOs, you know, everybody just wants to be united. They want to live a good life. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I think a lot of those people at the top are so motivated by money. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, you got people like yourself and myself, like, we just want to have a, a quality life with family, be able to do things and, 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 and impact others. Right. And, uh, um, yeah, so it, it kind of, it, it, it's, it's an interesting time, but I think you're right. I think there's so much positive in the world right now that, uh, that we don't know or don't see. It's just drowned out. It's not promoted for sure. Right. Um, but you look around and, and it's, and you can see it just about anywhere. Yeah. I mean, specifically here in Lansing, mm-hmm. um, that's one thing I think is really cool about Lansing is it, everybody's supportive of everybody. 
And I mean, we have like the 517 Living Facebook page, which literally helps connect a whole community and everybody's so supportive of each other on there. And then you have all these businesses who help other businesses. Like, I don't know if you know Travis from Saddleback. Mm -hmm. I'm Um, aware of who he is, yeah. They they help out other businesses that are struggling that are their like local competition. Um, They helped out Capital City Barbecue. They helped promote her business when she was struggling last year. She was on the podcast too, which Mm. was really cool. Um, But... You know, so you have like all these different people in our community that are willing to help and support each other's business. It's it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the stories that I read in high school or maybe early on in my life would had a big impact on my mindset um, was I read about years. It was a story years ago about a years ago. Uh, I think it was a guy that owned several lumber yards and one of his protégés or, or mentees he brought up in the business, you know, decided to leave and start his own business and something happened and he lost, like he was, you know, a few years into it and he lost his entire the fire happened, lost all of his supply and it was going to really have a big detriment on his business. And the, his old boss shows up and says, Hey, whatever you need, I'll take care of, you know, come get us. We'll work through this and figure it out for you. Wow. And it made, you know, he's like, well, why? He goes, well, I mean, he's like, I'm your competitor. You can put your competitor out of business. He goes, yes, but you deserve an opportunity and you know this this world needs to see something like that and uh so that always had an impact on me of like hey even if it's competitor you don't have to mm-hmm. you know um it's not a dog throw, dog them, world. throw them under the bus etc right so that's when you know I, I try to you know in my business try not to throw other advisors under the bus i may right. pick apart their their um process uh, <laughs> the process or their decision making uh their what the you know the things that they've done but uh try not to attack the person and i think that's just right should just be common knowledge or common practice you know don't attack the person unless you absolutely have to right um attack the attack the thought attack the process attack whatever might be wrong um yeah. but uh you know try let, let's let's not attack each other well i mean their process should if it's the right process, it should be able to hold up to scrutiny. And if it can't, then, mm-hmm. then it's not correct. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, that's one thing though, I, that, that I love about Lansing though, is that everybody's generally pretty supportive of each other. And, uh, I mean, the business owners are incredible. Sorry. I would put my phone on airplane mode. I, uh, get random calls sometimes. <laughs> From uh, there's a, there's one guy who wants to do the podcast and he keeps calling me and I'm like I, I need to call him back I just yeah but yeah so you mentioned your business how uh, how's that going going really well going really well yeah. um growing uh, probably gonna uh, if everything goes well toward the end of the year have my best year ever and um set next year up for a very good year as well very cool um so it's growing uh, and I like that um. It's not as in, it's not as tough. If you don't know anything about being a financial advisor, if if a hundred advisors start today, eleven of them will be in business a year from now, and seven of them will be in business five years from now. Wow, that's how tough it is. So I'm going into my twelfth year here, so I'm very fortunate wow. for that. Uh, and it's you know really starting to to you know it's like a giant snowball. It's tough to get it going, but once it's going, you just you know, keep right. working at it, and it grows bigger and bigger. So it's 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 a lot of fun helping a lot of people. Um, and I was able to take a little bit of time, a little bit more time off this last summer than, than normal and uh, do some fun things with my family and my daughter, my wife. Uh, we did some, had some out of family from out of town come in and, you know, just do a lot of really cool things. So Very cool. 
Uh, do you have employees working for you? Uh, paid by me directly, no, but I have an assistant that uh, I share with a couple of people. Okay. Um, and uh, probably by the end of next year, we'll have, you know, hire somebody full time to work with me um, for me only. Okay. Um, at least that's the goal. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's the plan. You have a place in hold, right? Uh, actually, so like shortly after I was on the podcast last time, we uh, merged so that that uh, our office in Holt merged with uh, uh, an office downtown Lansing called Centennial Group. Okay. It was, um, it's been around for almost 60 years. I've heard of it. Um, the guy that started Castle left Centennial Group to start, basically to start Castle. Uh, and then merge back. We merged back with the idea of, of um, somebody needs to uh, take over when the owner Centennial retires. And um, so you know, we're, we're so, kind of getting that set up. and So is that a locally owned mm-hmm. Centennial? Mm-hmm. Okay. But that firm's been around for, like I said, almost 60 years. He bought it from, the guy that owns it now bought it from somebody in, you know, in the 90s. But I think it was the original owner or second owner. Okay. So it's been a, it's, it's got a really strong name in the area. Right. Um, so are you a branch of Centennial? I am uh, I am an advisor that has a relationship with Centennial. The way I way it works with me is uh, technically the IRS uh, sees me as my own entity. Okay. Um, but uh, I ha- everything my relationship with Centennial is they provide certain things and then I brand everything Centennial Group. Um, and so I'm a 1099 contractor with them essentially. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but uh, my goal is to you know at some point run. I was the vice president of business planning over at Castle, so take over those responsibilities at Centennial Group as well at some point. Very cool. So, and obviously, has that brought more success since since it, you guys merged? Yeah. So I, you know, a large part of the growth this year, um, probably half of it is just organically on my own, but another half of it, the other half of the growth would be, you know, as a benefit of being part of Centennial. Very cool. So, yeah, it's been good. It's been a good, um, there've been, there were some bumps, but it's been a good transition. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's important to have those bumps, I guess. (laughs) Uh, yes. Um, bumps, uh, these were a little bit bigger bumps. They're they're like Michigan potholes in March. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Uh, but, uh, no, they've, they've all been good. And you know, as, as they say, uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm. So just learn and grow and, you know, continue to keep, keep moving forward. Yeah. So what else, what else is new? Uh, nothing else really is new. Um, that's, that's, that's about all the new stuff. So just growing in that, that's, that's quite a bit to take on. So, yeah, that's a lot. And does your wife work too? She teaches at Lansing Christian. So, so my daughter goes to school there. She teaches over there. Um, and, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Is that, is that a a Catholic school or is it? No, it's Christian. So there's Lansing Catholic and there's Lansing Christian. Okay. Two separate schools. Um, they do have one thing in common that they can, that they participate together in. And that is if, cause Lansing Christian doesn't have a football team. If any Lansing Christian students want to participate in football, they, they have a, a way to do it. They can go to Lansing Catholic and play. Mm-hmm. And they have a good football team, don't they? They have a very good football team most years. Wow. Um, every, every, every so often they have a down year. Okay. If you're a private school, you can recruit to your school mm-hmm. in, in high school. So you can, wow. you know, if you see some really good quarterback over in Williamston or, you know, somewhere else, you'd be like, hey, come play for us your senior year wow. or something like that. And it's not illegal. Wow. Have you paid attention to any of, the, any of this Mel Tucker stuff? 
Yes, I have. <laughs> um, I have. Um, I in I kind of, um, uh, I have this thing with like politics and things, situations like that, where I try to not make judgment until I like read the details as much of the details as I possibly can. So like, right. you know, um, they try to pass a bill and you hear everybody say, Oh, this is in the bill. So I go read the bill or I'll read the you know portions of the bill, like just to see what it actually says. Right. Yeah. Um, I did that with the, um, uh, there was the uh, Florida bill. I think it was the don't say gay bill or something like that. I read, yeah. I, went, I, I hear everybody saying about it. I'm like, I want to go read the bill. What does the actual bill say? That'll yeah. tell me what I should think about it. Um, it's not literally saying gay, right? Right. Like it, there's a whole thing and I don't, you know, I don't want to go too deep into that because we'll go, yeah. you know, some half half the audience. <laughs> gonna, they they checked out not, already. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, uh, so that's what I would say to people. It's just I encourage you don't don't take, you know, your favorite media sources uh, words for granted. Just go go read it yourself. And oftentimes well, you'll find out that most they're either only half right or or mostly wrong mm-hmm. on both sides. And it's like, well, it's not that it's this. And. I usually find that it's somewhere in the middle. Well, generally with the media, they only state what is effective for them and what they're, what aligns with their ideas. Correct. And that's the problem with the media. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm witnessing that firsthand being working for general motors and then being on strike and seeing the way that the CEO, especially Mary Barra, she, she is on the board for Disney. Disney owns. Oh really? A, yeah. Disney owns ABC news, all the media outlets, ESPN, ESPN they own all of them. Just so, bought a lot of the Fox stuff. Yeah. And so when she goes on like these news, um, she when she does these news interviews, like she was interviewed by Michael Strahan and all of them are just like softball questions and they're, it's obviously like in her favor mm-hmm. and they don't like acknowledge any of the like demands of the workers. It's all like based on like the corporate, corporate greed and the corporate like how make, do I, how do I position myself? Right, to look exactly, good? Exactly. exactly. And that's what all those interviews were. And even in the interview with Michael Strahan, he was like, I just want to point out Mary bear is on the board for Disney. Um, and Disney's owned by, or ABC is owned by Disney. And uh, so he basically just said, we're going to give her favorable treatment. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. She wouldn't be going on there. if She wasn't. Nope. And if she did, uh, if she didn't get favorable treatment, she has the ability to fire. her. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah, it's wild. It's crazy. So, like, I mean, when you when you see things that are being tainted in one way, you got to think about it. Like, why are they saying it like this? Like, What's their and, motive? Then, and then why is this other news organization saying it like this? Like, clearly, there's some sort of disconnect there. Right. So, since we since we're going down this trail a little bit, um, you would enjoy a lady by the name of Whitney Webb. Hmm. Came across her at the beginning of the summer. She just. Uh, about a year ago finished writing a 900 page book it's actually in two volumes on wow. uh, jeffrey epstein Ooh. now uh she doesn't cover so much all of his crimes there she does a little bit but she she goes deeper than that uh, everybody wants to you know hang jeffrey epstein and you know <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't intended uh but everybody wants to crucify him right rightfully so for right. those things but there were, it was a lot deeper than that and she points out and she goes through and, and, and cites every fact that she claims in that book. Whitney Webb. Whitney Webb. And I forget, yeah. it's called uh, uh, One Nation Under Blackmail, I think is the book. Um, and she did, a, I, I didn't read the book, but I listened to several podcasts that she does that she, you know, I've, I've listened probably about 10 or 12 hours of her conversation around this book. And basically what it is, is she goes into like Jeffrey Epstein's network mm-hmm. and yeah. why he was able to 
get away with that for so much so long right and basically everybody likes to be you know see or everybody paints jeffrey epstein as like this higher echelon guy when he was really just a middle manager mm-hmm. of sorts yep uh, and she kind of details all his connections and how all the different things that they have internationally in the whole network that they have and the corruption that it has uh, inside our government, other yep. governments, uh, et cetera. Um, it's a really fascinating read and it really will open your mind to be like, this is why this is happening. This is why this is happening. Um, you know, she's, she's, she says that she starts, the book starts in the 1940s where, when the uh, intelligence agencies, this was before the CIA existed, but the precursor to the CIA was getting in bed with a lot of the, um, um, not dock workers, but the um, uh, mafia mm. on the docks in yep. New York City. And how ever since then, uh, the mob and intelligence agencies have been intertwined uh, and details it throughout history, its impact on JFK, then how that it came to the rise of Jeffrey Epstein and all of his network and how that's impacted all the politics, et cetera, uh, ever since then. And Absolutely. she, you know, and it's on both sides of the aisle, the Bushes, the Clintons, the, the, the yep. Bidens. Um, yeah. I mean, because then once they, I mean, cause that was one thing they talked a lot about was his apartment in New York city was just rigged with cameras everywhere. Right. And, and had Bill Clinton, he had a painting of Bill Clinton in a dress. <laughs> no offense. But if, <laughs> if I found out somebody had a, a picture of me in a dress somewhere, I'd be like, <laughs> What do I got to do to get that taken down? Right. Not go right. visit his house and think it's the <laughs> whole most hilarious thing ever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So they would collect all this dirt on people and then use it as a way for blackmail. Mm-hmm. And then now we have something on you. Now you have to give me what you want. Right. And she details Bill Gates's connections on that. He flew on his plane like 20 sometimes. Yes. And and. You know, even when Bill Gates was called on it, he's like, well, yeah, I met him in like 2009 or 10 or something like that. And she documents how he met him in the 90s. Wow. Like all these lies and just unravels it. Um, And she talks and and she talks about how it's, it's, you know, they use it for to you talk about corporate greed. They use these this these this network is, you know, it's like, how do I collect the most amount of money Mm -hmm. and and and, you know, use resources uh, to, to, to enrich the richer. Right. Um, right. And, and they use the poor for it too. Right. Or, or just natural resources. It's like, you know, yep. how do I, you know, mine, you know, um, I think a lot of this push towards the batteries is, has, is tied to that towards electric vehicles is tied towards a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, that's just my opinion, but the, the greed. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, like, absolutely. well now how do I, how do I get people to buy a car every 10 years rather than, you know, cars lasting 20 years or how do I, what's funny about that though, is, um, I think these, I think these car manufacturers are starting to realize that it's not sustainable to have electric vehicles, just only electric vehicles. Right. I mean, because, uh, Toyota GM. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Toyota just announced that they're going to start focusing more on combustion, combustion, combustion engines. Uh, they're they're not going to be focusing on EVs. Good because they may ha- they make some of the best hybrids uh, car. Well, they make s- some of the best engines. Yeah. Well, I bought a Toyota. I work at GM. <laughs> I drive a Honda. I drive a 2009 Honda. It's paid off. It runs great. It's got 200,000 yeah. miles on it, but it runs great. Yeah. Why might why get rid of it? Right. Um. It it's crazy too, and I think that was a uh, one of the big pushes for um the strike was the fact that. Uh, these organizations or these these co- corporations they didn't want to they didn't want the UAW to be under um, 
these uh, new battery plants. Mm-hmm. And Ford completely stopped production of their plant because the UAW was trying to push for that. And they're like, well, we're not going to continue building if, um, you know, that's the case. Mm-hmm. So they just stopped. And one of the things that uh, I think it was Stellantis in the negotiations won was that they have the right to strike or maybe it was Ford. They have the right to strike over plant closures. So whenever a plant closes, you can strike and they have to they have to keep you working. And so they won that. And I think Ford realizes like, hey, like this is not sustainable. So if this is UAW, we have to keep this open. They have to be invested into it. And wow. I think they know that it's not it's yeah. not going to be that profitable. I, I I have a hard time. Like California, you have to be 100% electric vehicles. I think it's by 2030 now. And that's just... Yeah, or 2035, an, something like that, yeah. It's an impossible metric. I listened to... Um, there's some guy... Uh, there's a guy that owns a company in the area. I think it's Anderson Economic Group is the name of it. Okay. And I listened to him give a talk on that topic. And he's basically like, hey... Best case scenario, we're going to get to 35% as a country. Best case scenario. Wow. Average is probably going to be like 14%. And by 2035, he's like, it's an impossible task. That's insane. And yet here we are yeah. pushing for these things. Like what, yep. what, you know, what kind of impact is that going to have on us? Well, Ford, the CEO for Ford took a road trip across country. And in, hopefully not in an electric vehicle. It so. was in his electric, one of their electric trucks that they're making. Oh, yeah. He said it was very difficult. Right. Because the, the thing about a, a combustible car, a gas powered car is you can refill that energy resource in less than five minutes. Right. Yeah. Your electric car has to take how many hours to fill the battery back up? So this is the journalist that you were talking about. Whitney Elise Webb. Yeah. Whitney Webb. Yep. So I, I encourage anybody to go listen to her her podcasts, her any any conversation about her. Is it the coin stories? She, uh, she talks. She does do a lot of. So she has a podcast too. Okay. And she talks a lot about um, uh, Bitcoin and um, what's the general name? Cryptocurrencies. Okay. Uh, and 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 the and how that's impacted by some of these networks and the push for like the Fed is trying to basically banks are trying to monopolize digital currency mm. and they're using the fed to do it how are they doing that uh if the fed has a crypt has if, if the fed or centralized banks have their own currency how valuable is bitcoin right Dogecoin that's true gonna be? okay so do they have their own they're they're creating it they're in the middle of creating it they just had a uh, test run at the beginning of this year like a i think it was a 12-week test run with several the u.s fed and other centralized banks had a test run of you know, how will this work? So they're in, they're in the process of creating it. It'll go live, I'm guessing, in the next three, five years. That's not good. Right. Imagine, imagine you know, being able to deny your ability to purchase something because right. of something. Right. I mean, China has that ability already in their own country. Yeah, if they don't like, it's like a social credit score. If they don't like right. what you say or they don't like what you do, they just, you can't buy certain things. Right. I mean, look at the, the GM, the general manager for the Houston Rockets said something bad about China and he got either fired or something like that <laughs> just because he tweeted out something that was truthful about China, but China didn't like it. That's crazy. Like that's the kind of power that a lot of these people have. And I didn't come yeah. to talk about all this today, but it's kind of, it's, if you, there, there's, there's a lot more uh, behind the scenes than we want to admit than we know about. And if yeah. we're not careful and don't do our own, you know, reading and, and, and paying attention to some of those things, it, it's going to, it's going to 
hurt us in the long run. Yeah. The problem is there's just so much to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And it's like you, you can get lost in the weeds trying right. to find, like f- trying to find the truth in everything. Right. And at some, at some point I'm just like, I just like to, I like to I, more historically, like I like to go back and look at, okay, well this is how these things happen. Like Epstein and mm, you know, right. how some of these other things and bills got passed and you know, different things that happen and you're like oh okay now that makes sense right now apply that some of that same stuff like the jfk stuff that we're just finding out some of these things about yeah um it's my personal opinion i think the cia was involved i have you know just from things that i've been i've read and found out rfk thinks the same thing i I, right i could be way wrong um but uh you know there's there's where there's there's a lot of smoke around it right um i think they were involved in killing his dad too i i'm not i'm i I believe that too that's my personal opinion yeah and uh, rfk i think is probably one of the best candidates that we could put in office in the presidency but again yeah they're 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 not gonna allow that right they're going to (laughs) they're, they're gonna do everything they can to make sure that doesn't happen right um so do you think biden can win again oh man I mean, because like it whether on who's across the aisle, whether you like Biden or not, you have to realize that he's he's almost dead. That dude is not he's barely the whole it. country. I think it realizes that. And oh my gosh, here's here's a situation that I, I think is extremely difficult for us as the people. You're looking at a very likely um, a Trump Biden runoff or Trump Biden election again. Mm-hmm. Tell me how that's good for America. It's not because it's going to cause so much division. I was, I was telling my wife this yesterday. Trump, when he was in office, I felt like he did a lot for the economy. I felt like the mm-hmm. economy, the economy was booming. But the problem is, is again, we were talking about u- uniting people. We need mm-hmm. the country needs to be united in some way, and we need somebody that's willing to do so. And after you know going and listening to RFK, I'm like, man, this guy like seems normal. He seems like somebody who could unite the country. And, but like, he wants to also dismantle some of the, like the CIA and Mm -hmm. all these different organizations, FDA and all these other, um, corrupt organizations. And, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if, again, they're going to allow that to happen. They're not. And I, I think, um, for all of Trump's issues, I think he tried to do some of that as well. Yeah. Um, he did that with the he FBI. Did that. He definitely did it with the economy. Like he just went through and took out a bunch of red tape and, you know, um, like I think there was something like 2,100 pages of, of laws or bills or wow. whatever that he could, that as a president, it was, it was policies that, you know, the, uh, the way Congress works is they pass a law that's very general and then they give it to the agencies to, to come up with the specifics. <laughs> so he went through and took out the specifics or redid the specifics on it and basically got, got rid of it oh, within okay. his power, like 2,100 pages of it, right? Like you can yeah. do that. But some of those agencies, I just don't think, you know, they're so corrupt and so powerful as Whitney Webb details mm-hmm. in a lot of her stuff. Uh, you, like, and, and I think he ran into that. I mean, it's, it's been proven the FBI was spying on him. Yeah. I and, mean- and, and the head of the FBI, James Comey knew it's it's been proven that he was given documentation saying that the uh, file they used to spy on Trump's campaign was came you know they got it from the Australian intelligence agencies. Hey, this file that you're using is not a legit source. Wow. There's it's inaccurate. It's wrong, and he did not give it 
he did not pass it on to the people that were doing the investigation. He withheld that information. Wow. Um, Wasn't he involved in the Jeffrey Epstein stuff? Comey? Yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't. Wasn't there, there was somebody that was involved from the FBI that. I, I don't know if it was him. He was the one that, <laughs> he was the one that said in 2016 on the Hillary Clinton campaign, he's the one that got up and said, Hillary Clinton is guilty, but we're not going to prosecute her. <laughs> But they want to come after Trump. I, that, uh, we can go round and round <laughs> on that one. Like I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a Trump fan. But there's, no. there's a lot of, a uh, lot yeah. of inconsistencies on, on some things there. Well, I mean, they're weaponizing the FBI, and that's something that, that Trump has talked a lot about: is the fact that they're using the FBI as a source, as their own police, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, and even, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure the CIA is involved in some way. Whitney Webb tells a story, and this will give you an interesting kind of side bit. It's about Israel. Israel's intel the Mossad, that's Israel's intelligence arm. They had a software in the eighties or nineties. And uh there was some sort of event that happened in South America where a bunch of people were rounded up, taken out somewhere under the guise of, hey, we're taking you somewhere for work or something like that, and they killed them all. Israel knew the names of those people before their own families knew that they were dead. Wow. Because there's some sort of tracking software that they had. Uh, on the people? On, pe- on people on people in general whoa and it you know it's tied to epstein because epstein was helped facilitate the sale of it or something like that in year, years ago like the, the the amount of conspiracies that are kind of becoming true right now it's like mm-hmm. mm, there's some issues here but yeah right. i don't so i'm not a big big trump fan but you know i i thought coming out of last year's election the midterms um if you look at that ever just about every candidate trump supported uh, lost and uh, you look at um, DeSantis in Florida didn't take Trump support did mm-hmm. it on his own did what I thought you know from a Republican standpoint at least he did it the, the, the right way from a Republican standpoint and completely wiped out the opposition like it was uh, a mind-blowing how how yeah. well he did and I thought everybody would learn from that last year yeah nope <laughs> <laughs> Trump, everybody still wants Trump. And I'm like, I've never seen it. I've never seen it where somebody, people are clamoring for somebody that's just uh, not that great of a human. Well, I think people, I mean, he has like a, like a following, right? Like he has mm-hmm. people that just Trump, like they're just Trumpers. Yeah. Well, he's a, like, he's a, he's a narcissist. I I'm firmly believe he's a narcissist. He has to and, be. Right. And, and what a narcissist is, is everything that I'm never wrong. <laughs> right and so all he does is I'm he the just greatest goes, thing ever <laughs> yeah so, so that's all he does he goes out and he's like i'm the greatest thing ever i'm the best thing ever yeah. and he hits it he hits he's gotten some things right when he's you know he's made some claims that turned out to be right yeah he's also made a lot of claims that turned out to be wrong yeah and it's like but nobody focuses on those they you know his right. followers don't focus on those they focus on the ones that he got right it's like see everything yeah. he says must be right yeah. it's like mm, no i think it's because he's loud that and, that's the other thing is he's he's got that bully mentality of right push you around if you don't do what i say right then, you know, then you're weak you're weak you're weak how many times do you yeah. hear somebody say i mean people that worked for him that he was like oh good human good human good person and then they leave and turn on him he's like oh he's a bad person I knew it all along. It's like, <laughs> and everybody just goes with it or his right. followers just go with it right but, yeah i don't i like desantis i mean as far as a republican i think that for one, what he did in Florida with during COVID was awesome. Mm-hmm. It didn't shut the state down. Uh, people didn't like him for that though. And then um, I, I like he's educated. He is wealth. Like when he gives a speech, he's well, it's well thought out. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's super intelligent. Isn't isn't he a veteran? 
Yes. He's a veteran. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so yeah, there's a lot to like about him. And I think if it's DeSantis versus Biden, it's Biden doesn't stand a chance. No. So that's, uh, I think, uh, it, it, I honestly, if I were the Democrats, I'd be, I think that's why Trump's doing well. Yeah. Cause if I was a Democrat, I'd be pushing for Trump. Cause if, if, if it's DeSantis, um, uh, Nikki Haley, um, or even as it Ramaswamy, mm-hmm. if it's one of those three people against Biden, I think they win. I don't think Biden stands a chance against those three. Yeah. Um, that's my opinion, but, um, I think that's also why they're trying to pump up Gavin Newsom a little bit, just in case they have yep. to run somebody besides Biden. <laughs> but who knows? I mean, it's just a lot of this, a lot of the stuff behind the scenes. It's, it, I can't 100% prove that this is what's going on, but you know, it's like, this has got to be what's going on. Right. Right. So, um, I, it's interesting. I, I, I hope it's not a Biden Trump scenario. I hope not. I mean, cause then we're just in the same position we were in four right. years ago. Um, although I do think Trump, would be better on the economy. Yep. But for sure. Be a lot of other issues. Um, but, uh, RFK would be my number one choice period. That's probably who I'm going to vote for. Honestly. I might write him in. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he's not going to be on the ballot. <laughs> no, you I don't think so. Write, no, no. I, uh, so I, uh, he's coming out with an, anna- an announcement tomorrow. And, um, one thing that somebody was throwing around, I seen it somewhere. Somebody was saying that cause Tulsi Gabbard was here in Michigan oh. too yesterday. Okay. And uh, I'm hoping I like her. I like her a lot. I'm hoping they work together. Oh, can you imagine a, a, a Tulsi Tulsi as RFK. a VP? That'd and, be badass. Oh man, that'd be sweet. Yeah, I'd vote for them in a heartbeat. Me too. I would have voted for Tulsi the last time. Right, but they pushed her out. Yeah, <laughs> she's a Russian spy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I love politics. It gets people so worked up. When you start talking about this stuff, people are like, oh, you liberals or you right-wingers. They hate you for it. It's because they're told that, you know, the left says about the right that they hate all these people. The right says about the left that they hate knowledge and, and facts. And it's just like, it's 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 all about throwing mud at the other side. It really it's is. Not, politics is... Not about how how good of a of a policy can I have? It's how bad can I make the other person look? Mm. If yeah, I make them look, point. if I make them look more bad than I look, then I win. So it's it's a race to the, you know, least common denominator. <laughs> I mean, you look at it, read our founding fathers, and they understood it. That's why they set up the government this way, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, they they understood people politics is an ugly business and it's a cutthroat business and it's a greedy business. Yeah. So pit greed against greed. Yeah. That's why we have three branches of government. Like, hey, they kind of all play off of each other. Yeah. But um, you know, it's not perfect, and and some of those things I think have been torn down. Some of those protections I think have been torn down. I, ah, this is my personal opinion. I think the one thing that you can do, there's one thing that you could do that have the biggest impact immediately would be to repeal, I think it's the 17th Amendment, the one where we elect senators. The senators are elected by the majority vote of the people. That makes it more of a democracy. Democracies falter much more quickly than republics falter. And so if you think if you have the state houses, again, elect senators from those states, Mm. you get better state representation. And it's not as easy to fool other people who are just like you right in your home state right uh uh you know that um you know that are also politicians yep 
um, where it's, it's, it's easy to fool, uh, you know, 50, 40, 51% of the people. Not yeah. necessarily that's, I'm not saying that's what everybody does, but you know, Hey, I just got to get 51% of the people to vote for me. So I'm just going to run these ads, right? make me look right. good and make my opponent look bad. Yep. That's all I got to do. Whereas, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm, I only have, I have to win 51 votes in my state legislature. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. I, they're actually reading all the bills that I put forth. They know the process. They've seen what I've done. Um, right. I, that to me, that's I'd love to see that happen. It sounds an, antithetical to to the situation, but it actually, I think it would be. I think it's something that would be helpful. That was one thing. Um, you know, Alyssa Slocken. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize that she didn't live in Ingham County, but she was our representative. Uh, they redistricted her, and yeah, she yeah. So there's something weird and fishy she, going on with that. She had like a. Um, an apartment here in Lansing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but she didn't live here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, there's a lot of that that goes on. Yeah. Um, I mean, the gerrymandering, you look at the gerrymandering issues from, yeah. and in some sense you, you can understand it because populations don't fit in neat square little boxes. But on the other hand, whoever's in power gets to draw the map. Right. That's true. So politics is so messy, man. It is. It's so messy. And it's ugly, which is, is why, in my opinion, you have as little to deal with it as possible. I know. I've I've had some politicians on the podcast, and every single time, like, I hate this. <laughs> like, I actually like talking to them because it's, they're interesting. Um, people need to, you know, like, learn who they are. But I don't know, dude. It's just so divisive. People. There was a study done seven or eight years ago. I'd have to go look it up. But the study basically found that, um, especially at the federal level, politicians have the same mental makeup as criminals. <laughs> that makes sense, though, because you look at a politician sometimes in their face. Uh, some of your bigger politicians. Right. Uh, some of your local politicians are just pe- regular people like us. Exactly. That's what but, I say at the federal level. Like yeah. the Nancy Pelosi's, the, right. the, the McCarthy's, the, the snake people. Yeah. Who's the, um, um, the lizard people? Yeah. Who's <laughs> the Kentucky senator from uh, Mitch McConnell's? Mm, yeah, like those guys. Did you see that dude? He like just completely phased out. I didn't know. Oh my gosh, um, it was he was doing an interview and yeah, he just like I don't know pulled what, Biden. Yeah, he pulled a Biden. <laughs> just completely forgot what he was talking about and sat there for it was a long time, and then they finally grabbed him and pulled him away. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just it's it's, it's disheartening. It really is. But, but the positive side is that um, I used to think that you could go into politics and make a difference. I don't think that's really true. But you can make a difference in your own community just by being you know, help, smiling, saying hi to people, yep. being friendly. Yep. Um, getting involved. Getting involved. Doing things in the community. Mm-hmm. Serving your community. Even at a local level, if you decide that, let's say, you want to be city councilman or something, mm-hmm. like you can still ch- make a positive change. Yes. I mean, you're it limited I'm, as to what kind of impact that has. Right. Uh, but I mean, you, our DeWitt treasurer just got uh, is under investigation for <laughs> uh, embezzlement. Oh my gosh, that's so common in, in the political realm. Mm-hmm. What was he embezzling? I mean, funds, money from from the city. From the city. Wow. It was a she. Oh, she. Yeah. So she wow. she just got either arrested or put under fired with leave or something like that a couple weeks ago. 
kind of like the Mel Tucker thing where they got to, you know, put you on leave mm-hmm. until the investigation's finalized and they can officially fire you kind of thing. Right, right. So we're in the process of all that. But the state, I think it was the state police that showed up at her office, oh escorted her out. Wow. Why do people think they can get away with that? I don't think they think about getting away with it. I think they see, here's something I've learned about people in general. And this is kind of goes towards like, how should your thought process be? We have very immediate mindsets. What makes me happy today? Mm-hmm. What, how, what do I need to do? What do, what can I do today to feel better? Instant gratification. Right. So it's like, well, well, take some money here so I can go on a trip. That sounds good. <laughs> They don't think about what's going, what's that going to make me look like, or how's that going to impact me a year from now? Well, you're going to be sitting right. in jail in an orange jumpsuit. <laughs> Sorry. Um, or, you know, like football, Hey, you know, let's get practice today. You know, well, how's it going to impact you on Wednesday when it's time for a game? Right. Those kind of things. Yeah. Um, I, I think people are more concerned about what, how do I feel right now and how do I improve what I feel, how I feel right now? They don't think about the consequences. I mean, and that goes back to mindset. That Correct. goes back to like, what is your mindset? What is your motive? Why are you doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And how can you be satisfied with what you have? Right. That's through mindset. Mm-hmm. And what do I need? What can I do? What can I do to build something great that where 10 years from now, 15 years from now, I'm sitting there thankful that I put in all the work and did all these things. And I'm in a great spot. I have that vision of where I want to be and I'm there now. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a spot because like everybody thinks about like a destination. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it's not necessarily a destination. It's your, it's constant improvement, constantly changing and your goals are constantly changing. Cause once you get to that spot, then what, then you got to have something else. Otherwise you're back in the same mental spot you were in before. Mm Mm-hmm. So you can't, you're constantly evolving. Right. Uh, well, you should be. You should be. Sometimes yeah. you don't. <laughs> Some people don't. I hit that uh, just in full vulnerability. I hit that, uh, you know, a few years ago. I bought bought a house and I was like, well, I've, that was like the last part of my vision for like several years as I was building my business. And I'm like, well, now what? Then all of a sudden, then it's like, man, I, I really don't feel like getting out of bed today. Or, eh, I'll do that later. Mm, right. um, you lose that edge of hey let's 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 do that next thing so i can right have that vision so i had to go back to the drawing board and be like all right what's what's the next vision what's what's on my list for what do i need to redo my vision for and improve for 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 the future right so um it's 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 i think it's super important to have that vision and keep adapting it uh as you as you go through and accomplish things absolutely um goal setting is important and that's something that I try to do regularly is journal because then you, when you journal, you can take note of like the things, the goals that you have, the, where you want to be and how you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. And then once you get to that point, then you just continue, continue going. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if it's small goals, like I'm going to do this today and then tomorrow I'm going to do that and then this and then that you just keep going. Mm-hmm. And then eventually a week or two weeks or a month or a year, you look back and you're like, dang, I went so far. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about starting a business earlier and, you know, what does it take to get a business off the ground? Okay, do, here's what it takes. Do this today, that tomorrow. Right. Eventually, uh, you know, hopefully have a, a really successful business, whatever success, however you define that success. Right. Yeah. So. Dude, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're 51 minutes in. It's 2.02. 
Oh, wow. That went fast. <laughs> Always does. It does. Yeah. How's your brother? William, he's doing good. He just moved to Indiana. Uh, to Indiana. He's, uh, honestly, I don't really know what his position is. He's like going to be serving at a church as like a youth director or something like that. Um, okay. They have like uh, some sort of, um, some sort of network for their like ministry, like streaming or mm. they're trying to. So from what he described, it's supposed to be something like, um, like what the daily wire is, but like Christian version. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I want to give him a, I want to give Will a big shout out. Yeah. Uh, I've been following him ever since you introduced us, which is kind of interesting. We ended up, we did go to the same college, which yeah. on our last podcast, I didn't, hadn't revealed the name or anything, <laughs> but, uh, we did it. Yeah. He did go to my college. He lasted one semester. I was there 22 years. Um, <laughs> But, uh, it, uh, Will, if you're listening, if, um, I, I've been following him and got to interact with him on his page and his, I love following, um, you talk about learning and, and being respectful and impactful his page, uh, the church split, uh, on Facebook, et cetera. I've enjoyed just watching people interact, have tons of people with completely opposite views on there, mm-hmm. uh, interact with each other in a very respectful and helpful way. Um, nothing but help in there. And uh, if uh, I've been watching Will and just kind of the decision-making and the vulnerability he's had on what's going on in his world and some of the stuff he shared. And, boy, I've just been very impressed with his decision-making and how he's done it. And I feel like, Will, if uh, you have made the decisions the way you're supposed to make decisions. Uh, so, man, I just want to give Will a shout-out there. I know That's he doesn't awesome. get the love that he that he probably deserves, except for maybe yeah. from his wife, hopefully. <laughs> but, uh um, no, that's so, that's so awesome to hear. And I'm glad that like that connection was able to be made. Yeah. Have you ever thought about going on his podcast? Uh, I'd, I'd be happy to go on his podcast. I, yeah. You know me, I'm, I'm happy to talk anytime, anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, unfortunately I think it would have to be done vir- virtually, that's but fine. still that'd, yeah. be co- that'd be cool. If he wants me to, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he would. Um, I think he would do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, some of the stuff that, that I've heard from, um, like he took in, I think a couple of guys yeah. from a church up north. Yep, and and I'm very familiar with that church. Oh, really? And kind of some of that situation and the connections to Lansing. I don't know if you know, there's a connection to Lansing. Yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah, that pastor's that pastor is a grandson of a pastor in Lansing that started a, a church that's right around the corner, right? Church that's right around the corner. <laughs> um, uh, some of those members go to my church now. Oh boy, um, but no, it's it's, it's so a good thing. Did that? Can you explain that situation without like naming people? What, what part of that situation? Because there was like, I guess I don't remember all, all of what had happened, but there was a pastor that was, wasn't he like sexually molesting people or something like that? Uh, no, doing... that's a different one. Okay. So the one that where your brother took in a couple of boys, they were thrown out of a church because they didn't believe that the King James Bible was the inspired word of God. They thought it was just a translation from the inspired word of God, which is a, it's a small, seems like a small difference, but it's a major, major theological difference to them to just period. Like if you think that the King James Bible is the inspired word of God, that means all the old texts that were, that traditionally people believe were inspired are now null and void. And this is now the most, the accurate inspired God breathed trans, you know, word of God. Not, so they kicked them out for that. Well, they started questioning it for, with their pastor and the pastor basically was like, you know, we're, you know, can't believe differently. This is what, so we're kicking you out of the church. Wow. So just, it's a, it's a travesty. And then there was a, a tie with a pastor here. 
Yeah, so that the pastor of that church up there is the grandson of a pastor down here. Okay. So there's a church that was started in Lansing here uh, years and years and years and years and years ago, and it was one of those old independent fundamental Baptist churches that had a heyday in the 70s, 60s, 70s, <laughs> and 80s, Christian school, print ministry, like you name it. They were, they were really popular. Um, and then that guy, so he had a son that started a church or took over a church in Charlevoix, when the grandfather started getting uh, health issues, the son came from Charlevoix down to take over the Lansing church. And he put the grandson when he left there, his son in charge of the church up in mm. Charlevoix. Okay. And that's the guy that kicked these kids out because they weren't King James only wow. people. So uh, do they believe that down here too at this church? I, I have no idea. Probably. Yeah. They're also, um, well, maybe I shouldn't make a claim that I haven't verifiable proof from, but it's not a, I uh, just say they have some very um, prejudiced views, especially on races of people towards races of people. I think that's what I had heard because one of the, one of the boys that my brother took in was black mm-hmm. and I think he was from Lansing. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know how you prove that in the Bible, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's crazy. You can, <laughs> so this is the thing that I have with people. You know, some people are like, well, the Bible, you know, Bible's used for terrible things and it's, this the absolute truth. It's weaponized. Right. Like uh, just like politics, it's people use the Bible to manipulate people all the time. Right. Um, But at the end of the day, I do still believe that the Bible is God's word that, and he, it's a love letter to us to to help us understand the world better and make better decisions. Yeah. uh, And to know him better. So um, you got to read it in context. Right. uh, And you can't, uh, uh, but uh, you can't come up with your own interpretations. And you could definitely get lost in the weeds too um yep. you know like i i had these people on yesterday who uh the guy her husband was a pastor uh, at a church in lansing mm-hmm. and then she's obviously a pastor's wife and like i come from you come from the same kind mm-hmm. of kind of uh church that i grew up in you know fundamental baptist you if you're divorced can't can't be a pastor or whatever um this dude is divorced and he's a pastor <laughs> But the thing is, he's like, you know, I just want to preach love. Like people just need to, you know, accept each other and and not cause that divide over the small things, the mm-hmm. things that don't really matter. Right. Um, and, and I think that Jesus even said that, you know, the, the whole law, the whole Bible was, it hangs on two things, care about God, love God and care about others. So, um, you know, it doesn't really matter um, whether or not, it doesn't matter my opinion on somebody if I don't care about that person at the same time. Mm. I can disagree with them and be and care about them. Um, but it's all about how you approach that. Um, and I'm just tired of Franklin. I'm just tired of people treating each other like crap. Yeah. Um, it's like, Hey, I disagree with you. You know? Okay. All right, cool. Let's, let's still be friends or let's, you know, we'll be amicable. Right. But I'm not going to hate you. It's yeah. like, why waste my energy on that? It's not necessary. It's, it just makes my life, you know, I taught today at, 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 in my class on forgiveness. I'm like, forgiveness, Jesus told us to forgive. Forgiveness isn't for the other person. It's for us. So that, that we don't go around having hate and, and, and hard hearts. Yeah. That was one thing. Um, and we could wrap it up because I know you got to go. But, um, you know, you know about my past and my, my adopted mom. She was just terrible. But like one thing somebody always, uh, people would always say to me, like, how could you forgive her? How could you just like move on like that? But the thing is like when you hold that grudge and you hold that, you hold that against somebody, it only affects you. Right. It, it affects your success. It affects your ambition. It, affect, it, it affects everything. Like it, 
it's crippling. It's crippling to have that anger and to have just to hold that amount of animosity towards somebody. And by me letting go and I never told her that I forgave her. I don't think. Um, but like in my heart, I've, I've, I, I don't hold anything against her because it won't serve me. Right. And that's important. I agree hundred percent. I think forgiveness is also um, misunderstood. Forgiveness is all about what do you owe me? You owe me nothing, mm. right? It's not, Oh, I got to be best friends with you. Oh, you know, I got to say hi to you every time I see you or any of that. Forgiveness just means you don't, in my heart, you owe me nothing. You don't owe me an apology. I'll take it if you give it to me, but you don't owe me an apology. You don't owe me uh, money. You don't owe me a letter. You don't owe me a speech in front of everybody, a public apology. Right. You, you just, I, we, you owe me nothing and we're, I'm going to continue my life that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's important. I love it. So David, thanks for doing the podcast. It was Absolutely. a lot of fun. Anytime. Yeah. Uh, we'll do it again. Yeah. We should hang out outside. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we'll drink some whiskey or something. Uh, can't admit that on air. <laughs> Well, if you don't drink, it's fine. I, I drink. All right. So, all right. Well, thanks for uh, doing the podcast and uh, look forward to doing it again. Sounds good. All right. We'll see you. See you.